0: Well, I know you were expecting somebody else today. So was I. (laughs) You know, you tell people things and uh, sometimes you think, well, they're not going to take you serious. Last week on Tuesday, I told Dr. Estep, I said, uh, now any time at the last minute you just call on me. Saturday morning, I got the text. (laughs) Put a sermon in your back pocket. So I told Pam, I said, he's going to be fine. About four o'clock, got another text. I'm still not any better. And then I got worried, so um, got in there and started digging. But we do need to pray for those on the coast, uh, those undergoing the storm today. I do remember years ago when I first became a pastor. I was at a church, and uh, I was 19 years of age, single. I didn't know much, but I was there preaching on a Sunday morning, and I saw someone in the back of the church. They were waving their arms at me. I said, "Uh, what in the world do you want? He said, well, I'm here to say that the sirens are blowing, and there's a tornado on the way, and you need to leave the church. Everyone's got to clear out right now. I said, um, I'll have you know we are a people of faith. We're going to stand on the word of God. On Christ the solid rock I stand. We're not going anywhere. About that time, everybody in the church just ran me over getting out the door. <laughs> so I've learned to have a little common sense along the way. You know, aren't you glad that people are different? I, um, one thing I've learned is just to be who you are, be who God made you, who God created you to be, and, and be content and comfortable in your own skin. I was uh, walking across the street last week and I heard my name called out, Richard, Richard. I I turned around to look and it's Wes Church. Wes said, "Uh, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to have lunch. He said, "Uh, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Subway. I said, you know, it's Thursday and on Thursday they got the Italian BMT." I mean, I I know every day what they're having there. I I got it down. (laughs) Wes said, well, I'll, I'll just hang along and go with you. I said, well, that'll be fine. So we get in there, and he said, well, you go first. So I got in there. I'm in line, and I ordered. I said, I'll take the Italian BMT. I went on Parmesan cheese bread. I do not want it toasted. I want this kind of cheese and, you know, went on through the line. Then Wes said, well, I'll take exactly what he had. (laughs) Wes said, but instead, I want mine toasted. And instead of pepper jack cheese like Richard got, I want provolone. Well, he didn't no more get than what what I got in the man of the moon. By the way, talking about cheese, if you get provolone cheese, man, that is a wimpy cheese. I don't know where Wes is, but tell him to man up. Man, get some pepper jack. That's a manly cheese. Isn't that right, Walt? That's a manly cheese. Mmm. Mmm. We took our senior adults yesterday to um, dinner theater and had a wonderful time, had a great bus ride, and and uh, got up there, and um, they have a 70-minute show, then they have intermission. And you know what everyone does during intermission? Bathroom break, right? Being there 70 minutes, boy, everyone's gotta go, so anyway, bathroom break. So I went out into the lobby. I have never been more thankful that God made me a man. (laughs) You know what I mean, don't you? Those ladies were lined up, down, I mean, they were circled around. I just walked right into the men's. Now I'll tell you what I did. I told, you know, I'm trying to be courteous, I told one lady, I said, for $5 I'll get you in a men's (laughs) stall. That's a whole other subject, isn't it? Whole other subject. Well, I looked last night and prayed about what to preach today, and I do want to tell you the greatest honor of my life is to handle the Word of God. I believe with all my heart that God gave us a very special book. And in the Word of God we find sustenance, meat, food for the Christian life. And so today I'm going to preach on the subject, a friend of sinners, a friend of sinners. If you got your Bible, I want you to find Mark chapter 2, Mark chapter 2 we're going to look at verses 13 through 17 in Mark chapter 2. And I'd I'd just like for us to do something different today. I believe God would be pleased today if we'd all just stand together right now. Let's stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God. Let's stand together. As we stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God, Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. And he went out again by the seashore, and all the people were coming to him, and he was teaching them. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting in the tax booth. And he said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. And it happened that he was reclining at the table in his house. And many tax collectors and sinners were dining with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many of them, and they were following him. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, Why is he eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners? And hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. As we come to the book of Mark today, I I love Mark's gospel. Mark's favorite word is the word, Immediately. I mean, Mark is quick. He moves through the narrative. Uh, one thing I, I don't care for, I don't like slow things. I don't like slow cars. I, I don't like slow people. I'm always trying to move people along. Mark's gospel is fast-paced. Immediately, Jesus goes and does this or that. And we find also in the book of Mark, chapter 1, verse number 1, when Mark introduces his gospel. He says, I have come to proclaim to you the good news, the gospel in Jesus Christ. And I want you to know it's good news to know that a sinner who is dead in his sins can have eternal life in Jesus Christ. And what Jesus does here in Mark chapter 2, Jesus reaches out in love and care to serve and to minister to sinners. In fact, all too often in life we're focused on self instead of others. Jesus knew that it was all about people. I tell you, we have a beautiful building, beautiful sanctuary have ministries and budgets in our church, but the one thing that Jesus died for is people. And the most important thing to him is that lost sinner that needs to be saved. You know, I'm reminded of the story of the publican and the Pharisee. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, in Luke, chapter 18, Jesus tells the story about a Pharisee and a publican. And we find in Luke 18 verse 11, it says, "The Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself, "God, I thank you, that I am not like other people. Swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector." But in Luke chapter 18, verse 13, listen to the tax collector. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast saying, God be merciful to me, the sinner. Oh, what a a difference. I mean, here is a self-righteous, quote-unquote religious person, the Pharisee. Talking about all of the things he's done, all of the good stuff he's done for God. Here comes the sinner, the tax collector. And the tax collector says, God, just be merciful to me, the sinner. You know, some folks are unhealthy and they don't even know it. Some folks have never experienced the saving power of God. Because they've never understood that they are lost without Christ. Danny Aiken at Southeastern Seminary said, I am a forgiven sinner only through the scandal of amazing grace. Scandal of amazing grace. I, uh, I go to hospitals all the time and visit people in the hospital, and uh, you know, when I go into a room, I'm always curious. What's wrong with the person? Sometimes I'll go to a hospital room and I'll see a sign that says, Be sure and wear gloves. Be sure and put on a gown. Be sure and put on a mask. I'm always nervous about that. I'll go in there and kind of stand at a distance, you know, and pray for the person. But then I thought about this. How many times in church does someone just show up? And they're not like us. They don't look like us. They might not be real clean that day. They don't smell just right. And we treat them like they have some bad disease. I want to tell you, Jesus called people to himself that the world rejected. Jesus calls sinners to follow him. In fact, in our text, Jesus even threw a party and had a celebration because of the people that he brought. Now, I want to share with you today three things from the text. And in this outline, first of all, Jesus calls the unlikely to follow him. The unlikely. Now, I want to tell you, when I got saved, it surprised me. When I got saved, I was surprised by grace. Not only that, but when God called me to preach, it was the most shocking thing in my life. And not only that, it shocked some other people. I tell you, man, when God called me to preach, my pastor, I went forward that next Sunday, I grabbed him by the hand, I said, Brother Spiegel, God has called me to preach. He about passed out. I mean, I thought he was going to tell me to go back and pray about it some more. But Jesus has a way of calling unlikely people to follow him. Now, we find here in verse 13 and 14 that Jesus is calling disciples. Notice that Mark says the crowds were just thronging upon him. The crowds were pushing in on him. But Jesus peered and looked through the crowd and called the ones that he wanted. In fact, Jesus reaches out to someone named Levi. I want you to look here in your Bible. Look at verse 14. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting in the tax booth. And he said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. A Man, that is an unlikely call. Jesus reaches out to this tax collector and says, Levi, I want you to come and follow me. Can you imagine the gasp? Can you imagine the shock that day? A tax collector. Someone that, that was hated by the Romans and hated by the Jews. The name Levi or Matthew means gift of God, gift of God. Aren't you glad that Jesus, that when he looked at Levi, when he looked at Matthew, he saw what he could be, not what he was. Oh man, church, listen to me. When, when the Lord calls us and when the Lord speaks to us, he sees what we can be not what we are right now. Kent Hughes one time said that that Levi would have been a despicable vermin, the lowest of the low. You know, out there in Oklahoma, by the way, I hadn't said anything about it, but you know we won a game last night, all right? I'm just so tickled over that. But out there in Oklahoma, we got a lot of country and western music. You know, anywhere you go, they're, they're playing country and western music. I, I don't listen to a lot of it, but I hang around with deacons, and deacons listen to country and western music. They do all the time. <laughs> One guy out there that sings is, is George Strait. Now, all the women like George. Isn't that right, women? Got them nice-looking blue jeans on, all right. Can you say hubba hubba? All the women like George, all right. But oh, George had a song they did back in the 80s, All My Exes Live in Texas. That's right, that's right. You know, if the devil had a song to sing today, it'd be all my exes live in First Baptist Church, Columbia. You know why? Because before we were saved, we belonged to Him, didn't we? And before we were saved, we were in His camp. Before we were saved, we were in darkness, now we're in light. Before we were saved, we had no idea what it was to have Jesus in our lives. Ah, church, I want to tell you that he calls the unlikely. The Teacher's Bible commentary says about this text it has been pointed out that he left everything except his quill. Aren't you glad he still kept the quill? Because we have a gospel, the gospel of Matthew. In fact, Luke chapter 5, verse 28 says, and he left everything behind and got up and began to follow him. Unlikely. If you're here today, maybe you're here without Christ, you've never been saved. I want you to know, you might think you're the most unlikely person that Jesus would die for. No, you're not. Levi. Levi might have thought the same thing. But Jesus can save, as the old preacher used to say, from the uttermost to the guttermost. No one too lost that cannot be reached. All right, I'm moving on, okay? Point number two, not only does he call the unlikely, but number two, Jesus calls the undesirable to follow him. Now look back here in verse number 15. And it happened that he was reclining at the table in his house. And many tax collectors and sinners were dining with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many of them, and they were following him. You know, the day of salvation ought to be a day of joy. should be a time to throw a party. Luke chapter 15, verse 10 says, In the same way I tell you, There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Levi invited a large number of his friends to come to dinner. Man, they're throwing a party. Can you imagine the crowd that was there? I mean, all of the tax-collecting buddies... All of these so-called vermin, man, they filled the house. Levi said, Honey, guess who's coming to dinner? I mean, there's a crowd of them. Levi wanted to invite his friends and wanted to throw this party for several reasons. One, perhaps, it was a farewell party. A farewell party. You know, some people that have been saved by the power of God, they've never said farewell to the old life. Man, there's something I know about being saved. You got to say goodbye to the old life. You got to say farewell to the old habits. You got to say farewell to the old relationships. You got to say farewell to that old lifestyle. That's what Levi did in this party. Perhaps also it was just to celebrate his new life. Perhaps it was to honor Jesus. And perhaps it was to share Jesus with his friends. I remember years ago, my first church, when I was pastor, I had a lady that would bring her little boy by the church about 3.30 in the afternoon. His name was Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. And this sweet mom would bring Jesse by the church and I'd go into the fellowship hall and I'd sit down the floor and I'd spread my legs and I'd get a ball and I'd roll it to Jesse and he'd roll it back to me. He was about four or five years of age. One day, his mother came by the church and she said, i got to tell you this. I said, Jesse told me yesterday that he wanted to go back to church. And play God or play ball with God, and I said, uh, boy, you better straighten out that theology." <laughs> A week later, she came to me and she said, "Jesse saw you driving your car down the road." You know what Jesse said? "There goes God driving his car." <laughs> you want to know why God sometimes doesn't save? the Levi's in this world, the tax collectors, simply because when we get saved, we don't throw the party. We don't invite them in. We don't show Christ's love in a tangible way. These people that Levi reached out to, they were indeed people that did not deserve the grace of God. But I got news for you. None of us do. That's why it's called grace. Look in the word of God. Thief on the cross. gathering demoniac. Adulterous woman. Matthew the tax collector. Woman at the well. By the way, think about this picture. In Mark chapter 1, why you look back there, look at Mark chapter 1. Look at verse number 9, Mark chapter 1, verse 9. In those days Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. You want a picture to get in your mind? Can you picture Jesus coming to be baptized and he gets in line to be baptized? Who's he in line with? Have you ever thought about that? Perhaps Jesus was there in line waiting to be baptized between two of those tax collectors. You see, Jesus is that friend of sinners because he calls some of the most unlikely people. Let me give you my third and last point today. Third and last point. Jesus calls the unhealthy to follow him. And that's verses 16 and 17. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, Why is he eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners? And hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not those who are healthy who need a physician. But those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous but sinners. The unhealthy. Someone said it right that we all have a terminal disease called sin. Jesus took the criticism from the Pharisees and he simply responded by saying it's not those who are healthy but those who are ill that need a physician. You know, Jesus, when he walked up and touched a leper, Jesus didn't get leprosy. The leper got healing. When Jesus touched blind Bartimaeus, Jesus didn't lose his sight. Bartimaeus got sight. Man, listen to this. Jesus is more contagious than any sin, any disease, anything you got wrong in your life. He is. He's more contagious. That's why he can wrap his arms around the sinner. And he doesn't get your sin. You get his perfect righteousness. You get His holiness. Mm. Pharisees and scribes, the legalists that were there, they focus on the minor parts of the law. Jesus focused on the love, the mercy, the justice that we ought to have in our lives. I remember back years and years ago there was one particular lady that came to business meeting all the time and and she always loved to make motions. You know she was making motion for this and you know in business meeting, I mean she wanted to bring this thing up and just kind of minor deals. And she irritated some folks but then somebody said this, said that lady who irritates folks, shows Christ's love in a greater way than anybody in this church. That's always stuck with me. Jesus showed love, mercy, grace to these who were sinners at this party. To the spiritual unhealthy, Jesus says, follow me. To those undesirable, he says, follow me. To those who are unlikely, he says, follow me. An old, old hymn is, Jesus, what a friend for sinners. The first part of that hymn says, Jesus, what a friend for sinners. Jesus, lover of my soul. Friends may fail me, foes assail me, my Savior makes me whole. I want you to bow with me as we have a moment of prayer. We're going to have an invitation time in just a moment. The choir is going to sing, and I'm going to ask you to come and walk down an aisle today. I'm going to ask you to come and Kneel here at the altar maybe and pray. If you're looking for a church home, man, I want you to know, you may feel like you're the worst person, sinner in the world. No, you're not. Come. Come and join this church today. Come and give your life to Christ. Come and pray and ask Jesus to come into your heart today. Oh, Father, I pray today, God, that you be honored with this invitation. Father, as the choir sings, as ministers will be here at the front, God, I pray for people to come. Lord, I pray for tears to be shed. I, I pray, God, for hearts to be broken. God, I pray that you would come down and move during this invitation. Father, there's someone here today that needs to, needs to pray to receive Jesus. Someone here today needs to join this church. Father, I pray for that in a strong, wonderful name of the one who is the friend of sinners, the Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's stand together.
1: Thank you, Richard, so much for that message. Um, if you'll listen good, I'll just let you remain standing. How about that? So I don't want anyone to get confused here. We have uh, the food trucks are out there. Wes, anything you want to say about that? food trucks are out there? There are eight or nine food trucks. The food is also in the kitchen, okay, and uh, like the normal uh, lunch in there. So you can go wherever you want to uh, get your lunch and to uh, to eat, but we have a big chance for fellowship out there so it's been a wonderful day and then so you will know this please uh, they're sort of forecasting the possibility of bad weather tomorrow afternoon uh, if we get anything on the brunt of this thing it will be tomorrow afternoon so we're going to do this the deacons meeting for tomorrow night will be postponed until next month and then finance committee will be rescheduled and barry clark will be in touch with you about that and then I hate to do this because Keith is going to be excited, but we're going to close the church offices tomorrow. And uh, but we'll be meeting down here. Keith and I will be about the Christmas pageant. So anyway, <laughs> the church offices will be closed. Will be closed tomorrow. And uh, so there's the there's the word. Anything else we need to tell them? Well, Mike, hit me with that key there. What a powerful name it is. You know, folks, there's something about singing about the name of Jesus because it's a powerful, healing, powerful, healing name. And it's the name of Jesus that we need. So let's pray. We'll bless our food. Father, we thank you for this time of fellowship. Pray that you'd bless the food to us, bless our conversation. We thank you for the day. We thank you for your love to us. Pray for the pastor. I pray that you would just bring healing to him and that you would just restore his voice where he'll be able to preach your word next week and and enjoy the things he enjoys doing. And so we just thank you for the wonderful, powerful name of Jesus. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray.